broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Trevor Lawrence is, is a little bit of a body thrower. He's a strider. And if you look, which I did very carefully, at the playoff games he's been in over the last two years, when he gets pressure up the middle, because he's a strider and because he throws with his body, he's not a short strider. He, he, he steps into it, and he gets his body into his throws. He tends to rush his mechanics when there's pressure in his face, inside. And when he rushes his mechanics, he tends to get a little scattershot and inaccurate. Now, there might be games where you go through a whole game and you don't face that kind of pressure in a given game. There might be a game where you face that pressure on seven or eight throws. Every game is different. Every game plays out differently. But that's something that I think is, is again, a question. These are not situations where you're saying, oh, he can't play in the league. He's no good. It's a question. The tape told me it's a question. <laughs> I love the little chuckle. What, are you watching? what is this, the, the ring? Well, what else the tape tell you to do? What are we talking about here? Would you put the VHS in the cassette? Seven days. Seven days. Seven days. Zach Wilson's a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. Come on. <laughs> hey, that's one thing. You know, I've scary always movie, done this. Scary movie, by the way. That's Greg Cosell. Yeah. Um, and, and no disrespect. Greg Cosell, those guys are great. Um, I And I believe them. But there's... There's a thing in our business. By the way, big breaking news out of the NFL. Sam Darnold traded, so uh, get to that in just a moment. What? Yeah, you see it? No. Are you sure you didn't get got here? Let me. No, no, no. It's... Sorry. We're, we're watching the Twins game where Kuz just jinxed the no-hitter. Uh, there was a Twins that were pitching a no-hitter? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't jinx it. ESPN jinxed it. Like, the second our sports center said that he was pitching a no-hitter, he gave up a home run. The sports center, did the sports center update have the trade? No, it I, did not. It didn't. Yeah, so that's how new this is. This mm-hmm. just came out. I mean, uh, Jets trade. I'll, I'll give it to you, and then I'll uh, finish my thought. Jets trade and quarterback Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers for a 2021 sixth-round pick and second- and fourth-round picks in 2022. Interesting. The Jets wanted to keep all their capital for this year, but it's a sixth-round pick this year. That's nothing. But a second and a fourth in 22. I think that's decent. Mm-hmm. You know, that's decent. uh for return for the Jets, and obviously now they go in a different direction, and now it's like you gotta. Uh, we're gonna we'll talk about this, but what Matt Rule's doing, uh, we talked. To, uh, they're the most interesting team in the draft because they thought they were gonna get a quarterback, and now they might not, and now they have two guys that are kind of like, oh, how do you feel about them, Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold? So talk about it in a moment. I just want to finish my thought. You just heard Greg Cosell. We we're kind of chuckling a little bit on some of the language being used there in the film study. I've, I've long said this in our business, and I think radio people are, like, famous for it, and I just laugh at it. You know, just like the whole, well, as I as I evaluated the tape. You know, like, I, I hate to tell you, man, but I probably don't trust your evaluation of the tape. <laughs> you know, like, I get it. I appreciate the effort. I, I understand that we all, like, have an opinion now, and we can all – grab the all 22 and and i listen i'm all for it if you if you looked it up i'm just telling you like i there's nothing that says i should buy into what you're saying because you just said i looked at the tape mm-hmm. like this the gms the scouts the people that do it listen i know baseball austin i feel like i know baseball well um but i didn't play it at an elite level and 
I'm not going to sit here and break down a hitter and a pitcher. I might have a comment on it, but I'm not going to sell you that, hey, man, if you really look at this and this and this and this guy, he should be going in the second round of the draft. I mean, I, I just always chuckle at guys that do that. Now, if you take us to the wall that says it all and tell us about something defensively or, or a tendency, I'm going to believe you. You played the game. You've been in the room. You know, all that stuff. So I just think football has become so big in our culture that we have so many of the people that just are like, well, yeah, we looked at the tape, and this is what I think. And it's almost like we got to believe everybody that says that. I'm all for the effort. I'm yeah. not, not discounting that. I'm just telling you. I don't really give a damn what you have to say about watching the tape. No, no, but listen, no. And, okay, I'll be honest. You're, you're going rogue right now. You're, you're a little out of control, okay? And I get it. You're trying to burn the whole establishment down. You're starting to riot, and that's fine, Brent. I'm with you on this one. But understand the times that we live in right now because there's two roads that you can travel. You can say, yeah, I mean, you know, you can obviously you – can, you can have an opinion about somebody. Like, for instance, Brent, uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Like, what, what do you think about my pass rushing abilities when I played for the Jaguars? And you can say whatever. I mean, don't answer the question because it's going to be bad. It's going to hurt my feelings. But then I'm going to say, well, did you watch the tape? And you're probably going to say, no. Well, I watched the tape, and I say I was good. Yeah. you, you got to believe me. Why? Because I said I watched the tape. Like, I, I can literally use this excuse about anybody until you indeed watch the tape. I can say there's some kid out of Murray State right now that's a wide receiver that should go in the first round. And you're going to be like, what are you talking about? Well, I watched the tape. The, the tape told me, I mean, what do you want me to say? I watched the tape. Have you watched <laughs> yeah. the tape? Did you know what I'm talking about? No? Well, then who's right and who's wrong? I watched the tape. My eyes watched a video on a screen from a guy from Murray State. And that's how we do it. That's how we handle business. It's almost like where if you watch the tape, that prestige that comes with taking two minutes out of your day to watch a YouTube video, because it's not really tape. You probably watched a YouTube video. The prestige that comes with that, it puts you on this pedestal that's almost like untouched, where it's like, well, this guy watched the film. Like, I mean, okay, okay, pardon me. I mean, it can be Bill Belichick, like, breaking down, you know, let's just say, like, Bill Belichick's going after a quarterback, and someone says that Mac Jones is the best quarterback of the entire draft. Well, Bill Belichick can go, well, I don't know. I've seen Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. They can ask Bill Belichick, oh, how much tape did you watch? Well, I watched a little here. Well, I watched like five days worth of tape, Bill. So, unfortunately, <laughs> you got to defer to me because I watched more film than you did. Like, that's the ultimate, you know, one-upping quote is saying I've watched the tape. That's true. so true. It is so true. And I just have never I, – I, listen, I appreciate the people that put the effort in. I also appreciate sure. the people that uh, that will watch a game back, you know, and really break down and be like, you know, and, and some of the beat guys do a really good job of that. But that's different than, like, evaluating draft talent watching the tape. Like, watch I just, the tape, man. <laughs> like, I, I want that question actually to be asked, like, to Urban or to Belichick or somebody. Coach, I spent all last night watching the tape. And here, <laughs> like, like, that's what I want the, phrase, the question to be. Was it A tape? Was it the tape? What tape was it? <laughs> uh, so, anyway, that's it's one of my, like, it's not even like a pet peeve. I appreciate it. It's just kind of like this red flag to me whenever you watch. Now, I'm not even killing Cosell here because Cosell's been doing it for years and years, and he's probably very good at it. You know, he's yeah. probably broken. He's probably been around NFL people enough where 
like you can learn a trait or this or what to look for. But I'm just not. I'm, I'm just telling you, I haven't been around that. Like I haven't sat in an NFL guy's office to be like, hey, here's what you should look for in a quarterback and blah 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 blah. Yeah. So well, I'm, just I'm not you, watching the tape. I'm just telling you, I'm glad that we've had this conversation because starting today on four or five, 2021, anytime you and me go back and forth about a player like Kyler Murray last year, if I don't get my way and I feel like the conversation's going in your direction, I'm just gonna be like, well, Brent, have you watched the tape? Because I've watched the tape. So you tell me what's up. That's, uh, we, that's even a new comeback. I've watched the tape. Yeah, and I probably won't have a rebuttal. I say we have to make we watch the tape T-shirts. That that could be a, a brand right there. <laughs> tape, that's a trust good brand. Us. Trust us. We watch the tape. ESPN 690. That's a great brand. I love it. Uh, hey, Sam Darnold traded to the Jet. I'm sorry, traded to the Panthers. Initial reaction. Um, I, you know, I think it's a good move from both sides. Uh, I think Sam Darnold needed a change of scenery. Um, I think he is an upgrade uh, against Teddy Bridgewater with all due respect to Teddy. But I think that if you're a Panthers fan, you like that, especially from the Panthers side where you weren't necessarily guaranteed to get you know one of those top three, top four guys. Now, maybe you could have traded up for a Trey Lance if he's going to be there or Justin Fields if he's going to be there or maybe a Mac Jones. But instead, you go with more of the sure thing. And I'm not sure how many years he has in his contract left, Brent, but I assume it's only one or two. So that way, if it doesn't work out, then you can re-up in the draft in the upcoming seasons. Yeah, I think Donald should have two years left on his deal, if I'm not mistaken. Let's check that, though. Uh, Here's what the Jets are saying. Joe Douglas, here's a quote. I want to publicly acknowledge the commitment, dedication, professionalism Sam displayed while with the Jets. He's a tough-minded, talented football player whose NFL story has not been written yet. While all these things are true, this move is in the short and long-term best interest for both this team and him. We thank Sam for all his work on behalf of this organization. Wish him well as he continues his career. Let's take it from the Jets' point of view. Well, and Brent, real quick here, he's got two more years left, I believe, on his contract. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think that, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, so let's take it from the Jets' point of view. And I think this is the right move. I I do think Sam Darnold's better than what we've seen. I say this all the time, and, and I'll just say it quickly. Whether you're in your business or whether Sam Darnold's in his business, your only wish that your employer will do for you is put you in a position to be successful. And I'm not so sure they did that for Sam Darnold. From Adam Gase to everybody around him, just the way that football team was built. Didn't do it. Uh, Sam Darnold didn't play excellent. He could have helped himself. But my point being, I agree with Joe Douglas. I don't think the NFL story on his career is written yet. And so I like the move for the Jets because... They were. It was. You're not going to erase the last couple of years, and you're sitting pretty on a potential gold mine to refresh that position. Like you can't get. Yeah, they didn't get the number one pick, but they got Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, whoever you want. You get the pick of the litter, yeah. and so it makes perfect sense for the Jets to move on from Darnold rather than try to protect uh, him a little bit or keep him a little bit or be stronger in the position. It, it just didn't make a lot of sense for Darnold to continue his career in New York, although I do think he has the ability to resurrect his career somewhere else, and maybe it is going to be Carolina. They also got a second and a fourth and 22, and they get a sixth and 21, which is really not much in my opinion. But the, the collection of draft picks is pretty good. 
Yeah. It's pretty good. So well, I think for a second, fourth, and a sixth to recoup plus the two years of what Darnold, plus to reset the position, the optics, the aesthetics, the everything else, I think it works out to be a pretty darn good move, and we know they're going quarterback at number two. Where are the Panthers picking there at number eight, right? Still? Eight, yeah. So, I mean, who's to say maybe a quarterback doesn't slip to them as well? And maybe you, like, let's say, for instance, let's say that the Mac Jones hype is real. And he's going to San Francisco. Okay, now, once again, there's a lot to be said for that, but let's just say that indeed happens. Or maybe they get Justin Fields. What happens if Trey Lance falls to Carolina then? Look, if you're Carolina, do you still pull the trigger on that, Brent? That's where I was going next. Okay. So now we now we go well, to the Panthers. Okay, and the other side I want to just address too real quick. So from the Panthers' side, you give up a six-round pick, you give up a second-round pick, and a fourth-round pick. But And I understand, like, we're talking about can Sam Darnold have a resurgence. But it's almost like, well, have we really seen Sam Darnold, who he is? Because look at what he's had around him. Look at that organization the past couple of years. Now, I get it. The sample size is big enough. We should all have our opinions about Sam Darnold already. But it begs the question, if you put him in a new scenery, if you put him around a new offense, new coaching, all this type of stuff, I mean, you're essentially giving up a sixth, a second, and a fourth to roll the dice and see, hey, this guy might be a pro boy. We don't know. But let's find out. And if my opinion from the Panthers' side, to me, that's worth it. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, I'm a little – I think this is a big uh, – this is a good job by the Jets. Let's just put that aside. I think we kind of agree. Good job, Jets. You're going to go get Zach Wilson or whoever you're going to pick. you got a couple extra draft picks for it. You move on from Sam Darnold. I think it's a new era. Uh, it's Robert Sala. I think this makes sense. Good job. Now we take it from Carolina. And Carolina is an interesting uh, – we called them the most interesting team maybe in the draft mm-hmm. a week ago. And I, I think they were. Now, this maybe removes some of that. But I think what you just said about Sam Darnold, they already have Teddy Bridgewater. And you have Sam Darnold, who maybe you can get more out of. Maybe you can resurrect. Maybe you feel like this guy still got something. And maybe even more than Teddy Bridgewater. And so in today's standards of giving stuff up for a potential franchise quarterback, a second, a fourth, and a sixth is really not much at all, Mm -hmm. right? It's really not. To get a guy that has two years left on his rookie deal, I don't think that's much. So I'm okay with that. But what I would ask is two questions when it comes to Carolina. And I'm going to ask a third later, but two initially. One, is Sam Darnold even better than Teddy Bridgewater? I mean, Bridgewater's done a nice job in the NFL. Like, not a great job. But is he? But is he better? It's a fair question to ask. Is Sam Darnold better than Teddy Bridgewater? Let me ask question number two real quick. Okay. The question I would have is if you're willing to give up a second and a fourth next year and a sixth to go get Sam Darnold, were you willing? And maybe they were. Were you willing to pick up the phone to Atlanta and give up more to go get maybe a guy you want? Mm. You know, like Woods, because. You're wishy-washy. We're all wishy-washy on Sam Darnold. We don't know. And so what they gave up says they don't know, but they're willing to try. So why wouldn't you maybe, and, and again, maybe they did, call Atlanta and try to get to number four to get one of the top four quarterbacks and make sure you get a quarterback in this draft? Were you willing to do that? Did you do that? I would love to know those answers because I would have, if I'm a Panthers fan, rather have done that. Because I go back to the first question, Austin. I can't even answer succinctly if Sam Darnold's better than Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. So, okay. Question number one. Is Sam Darnold better than Teddy Bridgewater? 
I don't think it's uh, unequivocally yes. But we're talking about Teddy Bridgewater last year, who and that offense wasn't the worst. I mean, McCaffrey I think was out, uh, you know, for a while. Um, but they had the emergence of who's that? Uh, Robbie Anderson had a, yeah. a hell of a season. Probably the most underrated receiver was last year. Uh, Curtis Samuel, you know, DJ Moore. You go four and eleven from Teddy Bridgewater's side. You go four and eleven, fifteen touchdowns, eleven interceptions. Okay, Brent, that's not going to win you a lot of games. No, fifteen touchdowns. And 11 interceptions. I was without McCaffrey most of the year. Without McCaffrey for the most of the year, but okay. Um, let's go back. And I'm trying to like you know. I mean, obviously when he was in New Orleans, uh, he goes five and zero, oh, which is yeah. impressive. That kind of got him the money. Nine touchdowns, two interceptions. Okay, I mean that that deserves to be said. But besides that, I mean this guy hasn't been a starting quarterback a lot since 2015. And in that season, he threw 14 touchdowns and nine interceptions. And the previous season. When he was a starter for more than 10 games, he threw 14 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. So what do these numbers show us right now? It's that when Teddy Bridgewater, you know, plays over 11, 12 games a year and is considered the starting quarterback, it's just okay. Now with Sam Donald, listen, I can show you Sam Donald's numbers and they're probably going to make you even more sick. Yeah. But it, it begs the question. You know, Teddy, when he's in Minnesota, obviously when he's in New Orleans, when he played those five games, when he was in the Carolina, he had some weapons at his disposal. Now, I'm not trying to make excuses for Sam Darnold, because when you say you see ghosts, people are going to you know, look at you differently. <laughs> Let's be honest, okay? <laughs> and, and when you get mono, which doesn't really happen a lot, people look at you differently. But I still don't know if we've seen what Sam Darnold can truly offer. And, and I think that's what Carolina's thinking, too. I think that we've seen Teddy Bridgewater's best and I think that we know what you get with Teddy Bridgewater. I still think there's an unknown a little bit with Sam Darnold, and that's why Carolina um, was willing to risk it here for Sam Darnold. But it also begs another question real quick, Brent. And I, I don't want to get into too, like, too much of a conspiracy theorist here, but if you're going to bring in Sam Darnold and give up what you gave up, it's not a first-round pick, but you still get some draft capital in the future. Okay. If you're going to justify getting Sam Darnold on your team, but you still draft a quarterback, and this year in the draft, the only guy that would make sense to me, like we always talk about, is Trey Lance. Because that's a guy that you can bring and develop a little bit. I think if Fields falls to you, or if Mac Jones falls to you, like you, you want to see those guys start right away. And now we're talking about a competition between, well, why is Sam Darnold starting over you know, uh, Justin Fields? Why is maybe it's Teddy Bridgewater starting over Justin Fields? Like We don't want to have that conversation. But if they bring in Trey Lance... No one's going to say, well, Trey Lance should be the day one starter. No, they're going to give him time to develop. So I wonder if this is a play on Carolina's part as well, saying, hey, we think that San Francisco might take Mac Jones or they might take Justin Fields. And the way the draft is right now, you know, no trades for, you know, assuming Trey Lance might fall to us in a perfect spot. Yeah, uh, and they might be reading it that way or maybe even a Fields, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, so I, I, I think. You asked the question, what do they do now if one of the quarterbacks is available at number eight? And I think the question is, you draft that guy if you like him. And you say probably goodbye to Bridgewater because you just now invested in Darnold. Correct. And you still got your guy at number eight. Darnold's more of an insurance policy, a let's see policy. And quite frankly, I understand what you're saying. It's like, hey, we give up a second and a fourth next year and a sixth this year. But you know what? 
That's the price of doing business to try to get a good quarterback. I don't have a problem with that from Carolina's perspective. I really just, my big beef is I wonder, did they go try to move up to, to Atlanta to guarantee themselves something better if they thought one of these prospects was better? And now what do they do, to your question, if somebody is available? I don't think they'll pass on QB, but they could sit here and say, oh, we got McCaffrey, we got Robbie Anderson, we've got Darnold, we've got Bridgewater, maybe we should go get Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, uh, Devontae Smith, one of these guys, to help them out and see what we do have. And they might pass up on QB. Uh, I would advise them not to do that. If there is a QB available, one of those top five guys still sitting there at number eight, I think they should probably go get that guy. Again, I, it depends on what their evaluation says. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll give you one more, more thought on this because we're going to get to shock your mock, and, and we can recycle uh, on this conversation a little bit. But this is dangerous territory for a rule. Rule signs a big contract. Year one comes in, okay, whatever. Year one's year one. They, they dismiss the GM. Uh, yeah, they bring a GM in this year. They think they're going to get their quarterback, most likely picking number eight. And the way this thing has settled, now it looks like maybe they're not. So now they go Darnold on a one or two years, you know, experiment. Well, what if it doesn't work this year? What if Bridgewater and Darnold is what they have and they, they both just aren't good enough? Well, now you're talking year three of rule, doesn't have his quarterback still. Who knows what they're picking next year? Who knows what's coming out next year? This could be like just a real messy thing for Matt Rule in Carolina at the end of the day, mm-hmm. depending on how 2022 looks, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of ways that you can go if you're Matt Rule, and obviously you have to play this thing right. I think that, you know, Teddy – I mean, depending what happens with this draft, if they do it with a the quarterback, then yeah, Teddy's going to be gone. Uh, that just, you know, you're not going to keep him on. That makes zero sense, especially if you just traded for Sam Darnold. Like, Sam Darnold, to me right now, is a starter of the Carolina Panthers. You can say there's going to be a quarterback battle and all this stuff, but Sam Darnold's going to be the starter. So be it. I think that, you know, if you get a guy like Trey Lance or Justin Fields, and let's just say for the sake of argument that Sam Darnold actually plays well. Maybe he just needed a new change of scenery. He needed a new offense, whatever the case may be. And now we're talking about a pro bowler playing in a pretty, you know, a pretty QB friendly offense when all the pieces are put together. Well, now what are we talking about, right? Because you got a guy who essentially has, uh, you know, two years on his contract. If he plays good that first year and you have Trey Lance or Justin Fields waiting in the wings, then it's like, well, what do you do now? So yeah. you got to be careful with how you play this thing. But at the same time, you always say this, Brent. Um, you always got to address the quarterback situation, and and you can never have too many you know pieces at that spot. So if it comes down to it, and a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields falls to you, I mean I think you'd agree with me where it's hard to say, well we're not going to pick those guys. I mean it's the most important position, and you're an offensive minded team. Let's go. It, it's fascinating. They could have. Who do you pick? They could have Trey Lance. Justin Fields, one of those two guys, potentially. Mm -hmm. They could have Waddle, Devontae Smith, or maybe even a Jamar Chase falls to them. I mean, they could be picking from that kind of pool, Mm -hmm. and that would present an interesting situation. Do you help the quarterbacks that are already there, the offense that's already there, or do you go get yourself insurance in the next franchise QB of the organization? It's a tough call. Let's get South Beach Gary on the line real quick before we hit a break. He's been waiting around. South Beach Gary, what you got? Happy Monday. Hey, hey, Brent. Awesome. It could be one of two different other th- things, though, too, guys. It could be Carolina trying to make a, a, a trade with Atlanta. Maybe Atlanta decides, no, we're going to stay pat or take a certain quarterback. Or maybe Denver gave them a much better offer 
then Carolina was willing to, to move up for the number four picks. We don't know what really what's going on. Denver might have given them a package that Carolina just couldn't match. Brent, are you there? Well, here's the deal. You have to answer that question because I think whatever buttons have been pushed over the weekend, I couldn't hear South Beach Gary at all. So take it away, Austin. Okay, so South Beach, what you're saying is that you think Denver offered the better deal to move up at number four and Carolina got word of that and that's why they decided to settle with Sam Darnold? I'm saying it's possible. No, Carolina could have tried to trade, but they uh... – Denver had given them a better offer, or maybe yeah, but, uh, Atlanta this... just decided there's a quarterback they wanted for, and they didn't want to trade. No, I mean that's listen. There's a million possibilities, but I come from the narrative of where I don't think Carolina necessarily has word of a trade taking place that's going to move somebody up ahead of them. Now maybe they know, maybe they they caught word of it, but I just think it's more of Carolina saying, okay. We're not sure if a quarterback's going to fall to us or not. We have to check all bases here. We're not going to give up a first-round pick for Sam Darnold. That's okay. Because to me, it's always the first-round pick. If you sacrifice a first-round pick, people can riot in the streets because of it. I think we talk about a second-round pick and a third-round pick, whatever. Like those are, there's a little more pieces where you can, okay, that's fine. You still have the eighth pick of the draft. I'm not sure. It's going to be very telling because at the end of the day, and South Beach Gary, thanks for calling in, man. At the end of the day, one of two things are going to happen. Either Justin Fields or Trey Lance should fall to Carolina, depending on how everything shakes out right now. And if that's what happens, okay. But Carolina is either going to take Justin Fields or Trey Lance, or they're going to take a wide receiver or a skill position. And they're going to say, we trust Sam Darnold. It's, I mean, eventually Carolina is going to play their hand of what they feel about those situations and how they feel about Sam Darnold. I get it. You get up with some draft capital for Sam Darnold. But is he a Band-Aid, or is he the permanent solution? This draft is going to tell us that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, South Beach Gary, appreciate the call. Let's take a break. We have Shockier Mock coming up. We've seen some moving and shaking now here in the draft season. San Francisco, Philadelphia, uh, Miami, and now we get a little bit of movement uh, with the Jets and with Carolina. You know what's stunningly apparent to me is that we still have no movement. And I don't think we're going to get it. We've talked about it at length, but it's just a reminder. On the Deshaun Watson front, we're just not going to get it. And we thought that was going to be the big move piece of this offseason. And it's really not happening. Or it doesn't look like it's happening. Shock your mock on a Monday as we do continue our countdown to the NFL draft here in Trevor Town, Jacksonville, Florida, getting ready for April 29th. What does your mock say today? And how does Austin feel today? That may be the more important question. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Live from Amelia River Golf Club. Check out ESPN690.com for the Dream 18 card. Down to $69 this week to celebrate the Masters. Austin Lane. And I'm going to regurgitate it to you. I'm like a mother bird right now, and I'm spewing it in your mouth. Brent Martino. We got doves flying and mother birds I'm, all week. I'm, I mean. t- I'm trying to baby bird you right now, man. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, this is why I tease stuff and don't get to it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Zero. <laughs> Absolutely zero. Dude, if you're thinking about drafting Zach Wilson and keeping Sam Darnold, don't draft Zach Wilson. Well, I think that was Dan Orlovsky. <laughs> Brett, you, you, I don't think you were here, but do you know, and it doesn't really apply to this one, but do you know how you can tell that it's Dan Orlovsky? 
And, and it's funny now after all the whole Justin Fields things, because he's always defending himself. He's always shouting and he's always defending. If anybody comes on here and they're defending themselves and they're yelling, Dan Olaski every single time. Sure bet. Wait, hold on. Let's see. Let's see. I, I, they have a quick clip. Let's see. Mostly because of what you could potentially get for Sam Darnold. You're taking Zach Wilson because of what you're going to get yelling. from Zach Wilson. Yelling. Like Sam Darnold shouldn't have any bearing on the situation right now for the Jets. And at some point, the Jets are going to have to cut ties, move on, and go, Zach Wilson, it's your team. It's your organization. Okay, well, I feel like like that there's a little like that he's getting ready to say. Like, like yeah. what I said, that Zach will, you know, like he was getting ready to say something about defending himself. I guarantee it. I'm trying to make me look bad, Coos. No, no, I thought you were right there. I'm right. Don't worry about it. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Coos. You ready for the noise, Coos? Coos, how was the weekend? It was good. Another wedding yeah. in the books. Another Did you learn wedding. anything for your upcoming wedding? Um, no. Other than don't do it. There, there was a lot of people asking me if I was going to shave. Like, like a lot of people you did. brought up and they're like, hey, so you're going to shave, right? And I'm like. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I was like. Wait, I for didn't your know wedding what, or for the wedding that you were just for, at? For, for my wedding. And oh, I was like. you're shaving right now. I know. So okay. I was like, oh, does everyone actually hate the facial hair? And, <laughs> and then my fiance was like, no, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. You know. And I read into that being like, well, okay, I have to, I have to shave. Yeah. yeah. So you shaved. So I shaved, and I hate it yeah. so much. I, I feel like Baby I look like I'm assassin. 13. Yeah. He does. He does. Like, <laughs> he literally, <laughs> I literally walked in, and I'm like, oh, are you with, like, you know, are you with some kind of, like, after-school program that <laughs> I got to show you around? I don't even know what this guy was, Brent. I'm here to shadow. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. Um, but but by, by the way, my I mean for my wedding coups because you know you spo- mm-hmm. I mean there's a school about that says you're supposed to shave. Obviously I didn't, but you know why I didn't? I didn't want to take the attention off my beautiful wife. And, oh, and, and, and I that should use that because if I shave, I was oh awesome shave. Wow, he hasn't shaved in like six years. Look at this guy. Like I don't want to take my attention off my wife, so that's why I didn't shave. My, uh, that, that is the greatest selfish excuse I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> we, Thanks, man. We went to a <laughs> we went to a wedding for for um, my aunt out in um, California. Okay. And they invited uh, Jack Black. No right? big deal, Flex. Yeah. Yep. And and Jack Black was there for a little bit. Yeah. But his excuse to leave was, I am taking attention away from everybody. So I have to leave. And I was like, I want to be able to use that excuse. Well, let's be honest. That's why we haven't been invited back to the press box because Brent got all upset because I was like, awesome. He's up here at Action Sports Jacks. And I even feel that way when we're on the sidelines for like training camp. It's like, oh, this is the new Action Sports Jacks guy. This guy can talk a big game on the wall that says it all. He checks the film. He checks the, he checks film. the film. By the way, what kind of relatives do you have that are inviting Jack Black to events? Oh, my uncle. Yeah, he's. No, he, tell him about your. Because your aunt, too. Well, is, my. Yeah, my aunt's a. a, a pretty famous comedian and then my uncle is an artist uh for like hollywood movies and stuff like that so he uh they're 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 very popular people some I guess. real heavy hitters yeah wow mm-hmm. why don't we have them on the show and then there's you uh because i don't think they they don't honestly i don't think they watch sports that's because that's it's successful. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have to. You can't have it both ways. Either you're super successful or you're watching sports. I mean, ask that to, like, Jeff Bezos. Ask it to, you know, Bill Gates. Right. Hey, do you think Bill Gates cares about the Twins putting up 13 runs today? Probably not. No, probably not. There you go, then. <laughs> I mean, there are probably some. Like, like uh, Stephen King's a sports fan. Well, and yeah, well, I mean, and, and I was trying for, for his books. And I was trying to be. <laughs> he had to do that for his books. I was trying to be nice about it, but they're 
they're more out there and definitely don't watch sports. Yeah. But, Brent, you got to get under in, in your mind right now. Like, when he wrote The Girl That Loved Tom Gordon, by the way, Flex, I know that book, The Girl That Loved Tom Gordon, uh, he it was more like a research thing than actually him being a sports fan. Like, he had to do that for the book. I didn't know that was one he wrote. <laughs> well, hey. Was that Tom Gordon, like the, the, the Red Sox pitcher? I mean, how about you don't drop Stephen King on me and then not come ready? <laughs> Did you watch the film? Did you check the tape? Yes. No. The, the, the girl who loved Tom Gordon, it's a story about uh, this girl who gets lost in the woods. And, like, uh, you know, there's obviously like monsters and stuff. But, like, the only way she gets through the woods is by listening to, um, you know, baseball games. And, like, Tom Gordon is like her... Uh, I don't, like her compass, basically, when she's listening really? to the games. Yeah, apparently I didn't know that one existed. Is that one real? Tell me right a, now. A, a film's being adapted, and that was announced in 2019. Oh, what so is I'm it? assuming they're working on Flash that. Gordon. That a baby. That's yeah. Red Sox fandom there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Um, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Maybe. Yep. yep. See, Brent tried to bring up Stephen King to me. Like I wouldn't be able to counter, and here we are now. I didn't. I Crickets. wouldn't do that for you not to be able to counter. I'm just giving you an example of a famous person who's a sports fan. Might be a little out there. <laughs> oh yeah, he's, he's a sports out there. fan. And he's, <laughs> oh, by the way, he's very rich. But I, I would say. I hope so. Mm-hmm. He's written uh, a lot of books. All right. Hey, shock your moxies and coos. I think uh, we have to change the clock for this segment because oh, yeah. we never get going until about 4:38, which means we just got to push these two segments together. You're very good at that, coos. <laughs> And whose fault is that? You're asking Kuz about his wedding. Well, I know. I just, I mean, just striking up some conversation. Oh, yeah, he yeah. had a wedding. <laughs> You're like Jay Leno, like, ah, so Kuz went to the wedding. Have you seen this? Have you heard this? Let's get into it. Like, <laughs> wait a minute. We didn't have to talk about it right then. Oh, well, we didn't. But yeah. uh, I mean, we did though. We just did it. It oh, just happened. We did. We did. I mean, Kuz shaved today. It was a big story. <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with this freshly shaven dude in front of me? I get it. It's all good. Uh, let's shock your mock, maybe. There's a razor involved. I don't know. <laughs> he is none other than the Shock Master. Gonna shock you, Mark. We're gonna shock you, Mark. Brutality, don't you think? Shocking. Gonna shock you, Mark. We're gonna shock you, Mark. Shocking upset. I feel shocked. Shock, yo, Mark. We're gonna shock, yo, Mark. I am shocked. I mean, I am shocked. That's what I mean. I am. It's go time. What you got for us today? All right, Coos. Before we get started, are, are the buttons in order now? Do we have an understanding? Of how the buttons work? <laughs> I think so. Someone was asking me to do the uh, trade alert alarm during the Sam Darnold okay. talk. Okay, well, so. we can we can go ahead and brainstorm that a little bit, and we'll, we'll get that with our creative group, and we'll go over that. But there's no trade alarm alert right now. Uh, Listen, today, we're not asking for producers, okay? No, no, we're not, no. And if you want to do it, it's going to be an internship because you're not getting paid. Uh, we can't do that right now. So, Shock Your Mock today is featured uh, Mally's Dad, uh, at Mally's Dad, a.k.a. John Lewis on Twitter. Uh, pretty, pretty basic, pretty vanilla. Said shock your mock, and then, and then a Duval. Now Duval only had one U in it. Didn't have the three U's. 
Not sure if it's really like a copyright issue, but I did some research because once again, if you say Related Duval. Related to Urban? Yes. Because <laughs> if you have the Duval with one U, I got to do a background on you. All right, Brenton, this guy checks out. He's a Jaguars fan. Um, seems like he's really into shoes. He's a sneakerhead. So I saw a bunch of Jordans posted on his Twitter account. And that's about it. So that's kind of what he's bringing to the table. I respect it. You know, I'm not much of a sneakerhead. I got a lot of Jordans at home. I just never rock them. But this is uh, John Lewis's Shock Your Mock. Kuz, can we get those guys up there, please? Whenever you're second, thumbs up. Thumbs are up. There's a little delay, so we're going to wait. So, obviously, pick number one starts off to a good start with Trevor Lawrence. Now, despite, you know, with people like Chris Sims and maybe Dan Orlos has got an issue, too. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, number one. We like it. Off to a good start. We'll get your size later, sir. But right off the get-go, pick number 25, we get interesting, Brent. We get interesting with Rashad Bateman. Trying to appeal to your normal northern roots. I guess so, but Minnesota, especially coming off of a, a week where the, the the Twins put up two uh, on the Brewers, not a good time to see the word Minnesota right now for me, just to let you know. Okay, so you're off to a horrible, horrible start. Rashad Bateman, you know, he's a guy who I watched a lot of, obviously, being in the Big Ten. He was a touted receiver. He was supposed to be the dude. Now, he opted out, and then he opted back in, and then he opted out, and then he opted he was He was all over the place, Brent. He was. It was kind of like playing a... Double Dutch. You know, like when you jump in, when you – that's what that's what Rashad Bateman was doing. Um, at the end of the day, he had an okay year. I thought he underachieved a little bit, didn't have the quarterback to help him out. It is what it is. Uh, still definitely a receiving threat, but at pick number 25, that's what I call Giannis out of Dikembe reach right there. That's a, that's a Dikembe Mutombo reach. Um, guy ran a 4-3-9, good size, good speed. But I feel like if you're really that concerned – about a wide receiver, there's other options you can take later on in the draft uh, besides Rashad Bateman. So I don't like that pick whatsoever. Let I me feel give like you, you can get him on, at 33 or 45. I'm going to give you a little more on Bateman, okay? This is on NFL.com over the weekend. The, the, the discussion around 2021 receiver class has centered around Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. Hardcore draft fans, fantasy footballers should keep an eye on Bateman, an underrated pass catcher with the potential to pop immediately at the next level. Uh, play outside, out wide or in the slot, displaying outstanding speed, burst, explosiveness, crafty route runner, playmaker. They compare his style to watching Justin Jefferson go to work on the perimeter. It's crazy because I looked him up on NFL.com and they compared him to Michael Gallup. So, I mean, everybody can have their <laughs> opinions, I guess. I'm not, I'm not even lying. I mean, I, I could have brought that up. I didn't want to do him a disservice. But, yeah, he's basically he's, – he's, I guess he's like Michael Gallup or Justin Jefferson. Pick one. I don't know. Pick number 25. <laughs> All right. Let's continue. Pick number 33, Pat Fryermuth. What more do you want me to say about this guy? We've broken him down every single day. Does Fryermuth have a mock. house in Jacksonville already? I feel like he does at this point. I mean, we always get him a Shock Your Mock t-shirt as well. It, it makes too much sense, right? Like, I will be shocked if they don't get Fryermuth. And by the way, I already got some creative ideas flowing here for t-shirts and stuff like that. Stay tuned to those. Pick number 45, Richie Grant, safety UCF. Okay, Cruz, draft need alert. Draft need alert. Actually, back-to-back draft need alerts, really. Tight end and safety. Let it, let it run a little longer. Let it run a little longer. A little more. One more time, please. Boom. Back-to-back draft need alerts. We got tight end and safety. Richie Grant, not the best safety in the draft class, obviously, but he's not the worst one either, Brett. Probably the second or third best safety. I think he could come in and compete for starting time right away. 
pick number 45, that seems about right. Maybe it's a little bit of a reach, but you know what? If you're going to reach, you might as well reach for a draft need. Pick number 65. <clears throat> now, John Lewis, a.k.a. at Mally's dad. Not sure if you're a UCF alum. Not sure if you're a booster. But the fact that you go back-to-back UCF picks, I got to raise my eyebrows a little bit. We okay. like the Knights, but... We, I mean, hey, we, we love the Knights here, not going to lie. Went there for college game day. Uh, I was not impressed because you guys had a curfew when college... When Lee Corso and Kirk Herbstreet are essentially 10 feet away from me, and you guys tell me, well, you can't have a beer till 3 o'clock because there's a curfew in place because we don't want people to get too drunk for the night game. Excuse me? <laughs> Excuse me, UCF? Are you kidding me? I thought you were called the bounce house, not the sober house. What are we talking about? So it was it was a big turnoff, Brent. I'm not gonna lie, but you know, that before after aside, the national championship. Uh, this is well, I don't know. I, I can't remember because I still. <laughs> it was way, during the run. I, nothing says like I've made it as an adult when I'm like 31 years old, hanging out with a bunch of college kids, and I'm the only guy with my friend Mylon who has beers in her hand, and everyone's like, "Dude, you better not drink that." I'm like, "What are we?" <laughs> doing here UCF <laughs> so kind of a big turn off to UCF and I'll tell you what I, I don't like Aaron Robinson now Brent nothing against Aaron Robinson as a person I'm sure he's a great guy but here's the thing and Kuz I hope you have this button ready this is a new button so this guy's playing cornerback and I get it you know you can have some cornerback depth but he ran uh like a four six and, and oh, oh. Yeah, so he doesn't pass the four three test one more time. Kuz doesn't pass the four three test at your own pro day in UCF. I know you guys weren't drinking there, so you you have the excuse of being hungover. So I'm not sure why this the slow forty time happened, but I'm not the biggest fan of it. Uh, let's keep on moving on. Let's keep progressing here. So number uh, pick one hundred six, we got Michael Carter, running back, North Carolina. Fair. Fair pick. Listen, I feel like there's like 25 running backs out of North Carolina. And I, I feel like, you know, they're all running four twos and four ones or whatever. Um, I'm not mad at this pick, but correct me if I'm wrong, Brent, and maybe you got your NFL draft analysis there because you were flexing that on earlier on in the segment. Maybe you get your NFL draft analysis there, but I think Michael Carter, was he the third down back? In UNC or not? Or do you want to look he, that up real quick? He certainly wasn't the go-to guy. That was Devontae wasn't the go-to Williams. guy. Yeah. Um, okay, that's that's what the NFL.com said. He, he, no, he that's what I said. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> because Williams is is uh, certainly higher rated, probably sure. a second round back. Yep. Um, and in the conversation as one of the best backs. Uh, Correct. So when we got this guy right here, over 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns, rushing, only 25 receptions. So. I mean, I, I get it. You know, you're, you're taking a mid-rounds. It's not the worst decision. But once again, you know, when I got guys like Trooper Hubbard out there that, that can offer you that pass-catching ability, I tend to roll with that a little more than a guy like uh, like Michael Carter here. Let's keep progressing. Pick number 130, Dalen Hayes. I'm not mad at it. Pro typical 3-4 outside linebacker. You need depth there. I think that's fair for him. Once again, though, and I'm not sure if this guy transferred from UCF, went to Notre Dame, but we got back-to-back guys from Notre Dame. And I'll, I'll be honest, a couple fun facts here. My my dad was in Rudy. 
he's, he's in the shower scene where they're praying right, right before the big game against Georgia Tech. You can actually see my dad in that shower uh, get get doing the prayer. He's in the movie Rudy, and he's number I think he's number 75 on the sidelines, too. They actually got in the game a little bit. So I have ties to Notre Dame. All right, How I'm do we like, not know that? How's this the first time we're learning about well, this? Well, there you go, man. I see an excuse to talk about it. But So with all that being said, though, back-to-back Notre Dames, I just don't know how I feel about it. Okay? I just don't know if I can come with you on it. Um, once again, I'm not sure if you're a booster, sir. We're not going to boost anything. I don't even boost the Murray State. That, that's John Morant's job. So I'm not going to give all the shine to Notre Dame right now because you guys didn't win a national championship. You kind of fell off to the wayside at the end. So Aaron Banks, offensive guard, okay, but I don't want back-to-back Notre Dame guys. Got an issue with that. Pick 170, Marvin Wilson. If Marvin Wilson... Falls to pick 170. Oh my gosh! Don't don't. I mean, hopefully, I, I hopefully it's me doing the announcement. By the way, hey Jacksonville Jaguars, get me. You had Josh Scobie. You had Brad Meester. What's up? What's up? What's shock up? your mom. This is like the sixth round. Nobody the cares anyways. Master. Yeah, nobody cares anyways. Give me I'll the be in a commercial. Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> that's very true. That's like, no, that's guaranteed. That'll be, but, yeah. But I will give Trent Bulky a hug if he can get Marvin Wilson at 170. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the odds are very high for that one, but it's an A-plus pick if it actually happens. And then we got Michael Carter from Duke, the last pick, number 249. Safety uh, yeah, safety out of Duke. Um, could be a former basketball player who makes sense why they suck so much this year in basketball. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so wait, overall. Go ahead, wait a Brent. minute. Stop. You just let me down in a major way. Sorry, Michael Carter the second. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Brett. Didn't did, did <laughs> mean is... to mess up his name. <laughs> No, no, this is no, no, no. Michael Carter, this is second. Like, this is the first time we've ever had this on the Shock Your Mock. Look at pick 106 and 249. Oh, whoa. Oh, so we got too much. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> this changes everything, Brett. And, and you know what? And I, that's why you're on the show. That's why you're part of Shock Your Mock, and that's why you're on 50% of the T-shirt because you have the keen eyes. And it's, sometimes I miss everything because I, I get so intense and I'm yelling at coos and everything where sometimes I miss the obvious. So we got two Michael Carters. So we got two UCFs. We got two Notre Dames. We got two Michael Carters. <laughs> I think we've been okay. So congratulations, John Lewis, and th- be sure to thank Brent Martineau because this is Brent Martineau's idea to get the T-shirts in the first place. But it was also Brent Martineau that pointed out we're taking two Michael Carters. Not going to happen. Okay? With that being said, now you don't get a T-shirt because I feel like this whole mock is a good no. joke, Brent. I feel I, like you have to send him two T-shirts. I, I'm no. going to send him two T-shirts because no. he's got he's working on three pairs here. <laughs> Listen, we're not playing poker. We're not playing five-card stud or Texas Hold'em or some other any other games, Brent? Seven-card uh, draw? Whatever. Go whatever. fish. Go fish. Old maid. War. I can keep on war. war. I mean, pairs, though, coos. Huh? Well, if you get a pair, if you get a pair, then you have to do the war. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Blackjack, um, it goes on and on. We're not playing Double that. down. This is shock your mock. And you try to run one over on the Shockmaster, and thankfully Shockmaster Jr., Brent Martineau, said, not in this house. So you're not getting a T-shirt, because I feel like you didn't take this draft seriously, okay? Two, once again, two UCF guys, two Notre Dame guys, and two Michael Carters. That's all i got to say about it. And, hey, I hope you enjoyed your time on Shock Your Mouth. You got 10 minutes of glory. Try to pass one over on the old Shockmaster, but Shockmaster Jr. came up over the top. Sylvester Stallone style and said, not today. The hat's on backwards. Brent, put your head on backwards and let him know where we come from. Let him know how we do it around here. That couldn't be any louder, by the way. Oh, sorry, I was putting my no, head on backwards. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Over the top.
Uh, wow, the sun is really shining now with my hat on back. There it is. Um, Let them know. Dome. Let them know, Brett. Hey, uh, John Lewis, I might send you a shirt anyway. But your mock certainly has been shocked. Oh. Hey, John Lewis, your mock has been shocked. I just feel like I had to say it twice. <laughs> a little bit of a pair. Man, the, the old Michael Carter pair trick, and I almost fell for it. Oh, oh my goodness. I, I was so looking forward to you getting the 249, and then I had to give you a heads up. I had no idea. And I thought you were mad because I didn't say the second. Because I that's his name, Michael Carter the second. And I'm like, Brent, calm down. Okay, I messed up his name. I messed up everybody's name. Marvin Wilson at 170. I love it. I wow. love it. Oh, my gosh, that would be something. Can you imagine if he falls to 170? He was considered a top-ten pick last year. <laughs> Holy cats. Hey, football at five. We'll reset the day. Carolina Panthers, Jets make a trade. What else could be happening as we lead up to the draft? A little more on the national championship game. Baylor-Gonzaga, who you got? And also contenders, pretenders in Major League Baseball after the opening weekend. All on the way. It's coming up. We're live at Amelia River Golf Club up here in Fernandina Beach on ESPN 690.